Boom! All right, ladies and gentlemen, look, you're in business, and I get it. The numbers, they suck. And not because your business sucks, because you don't like working with numbers, and that's okay. If that's you, this episode's one you're going to want to pay attention to. So let's do this. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Hey, Business Bros. Today, we have a special guest joining us who is the master of numbers and a highly sought-after financial consultant. With years of experience providing CFO services to small, mid-cap businesses, our guest has become a trusted advisor in the industry. Not only do they lead the financial operations with one of the fastest-growing privately-owned moving and relocation companies in the country, but they also serve as fractional CFO to many uh, small companies across various sectors. Their expertise lies in in, in breaking down complex tax laws, financial structures, and partnership agreements to easily understand the language. Let's uh, welcome to the show the one and only Mr. Byron Wolf. Let's get this party started. Byron, welcome to the show, man. Ah, dude, I love it, dude. That's the best intro ever. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's amazing. I love about. it. Man. You kill it. That's what you I'm talking it. about. You deserve yeah. it, dude. Look, look, at the end of the day, people get into business not because they want to be accountants, man. Nobody wants to go in there and start looking at the books the whole time. They want to do what they do best. I don't care if it's welding, flipping books, uh, or cars, or boats, or whatever. It don't matter. They want to do that thing. They don't want to manage their money, and yet that's the thing that tends to put them out of business. How'd you get into this finance space, man? How'd you get here? Oh, man. So I've, I've always been interested in it, like, you know, math, like, you know, just like you. I mean, I see your credentials. Like, you're you're a math nerd like me. I don't want to put you out on Front Street, but, like, you know your numbers, too. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, uh, I've always was, was interested in that. You know, I like the accounting stuff. I like to understand, like, where the numbers came from, how they worked, so that I knew kind of where I was at for business. Uh, man, I'm a horrible, horrible employee. So, like, if you're a really bad employee, go to work for yourself, right? Because, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, who else are you going to be bad at? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so got, got into business, started some businesses, um, learned to kind of scale as I went, realized, you know, like, as, when you're young, you know everything, you know, and then as you get older, you start to forget things. You realize you don't know as much as you thought you did. So, you know, I reached out to other people, started learning, finding out what I needed to know. Uh, one one stat that just blew my mind. So I, I read, I don't remember exactly where I read it, but they were talking about all these high, high level entrepreneurs, business people, you know, and they were, you know, and they asked them like, what's the thing you wish you understood better? What's the the area that wish you could instantly improve your knowledge level? Uh, and that was it. It was like accounting and finance. Like how boring is that? But that was the area that even these high level people were like, man, that's the area I wish I understood better. That's the area I wish I could, I got to have a higher level of knowledge in. And so I said, well, man, that's that's the area that I need to be the expert in. Right. Uh, so I started down that path, uh, was in school for it, went ahead and got the hours, got the CPA. So I had the fancy initials behind my name. 
uh, and uh, and just started applying it in my businesses, you know. And so it's it's worked out well for me. We've we've built a few, scaled them, sold them. Uh, we're in process of building a few other ones. Uh, I'm I'm a, a pretty good friend to a number of people because I can understand this stuff and explain it, uh, you know, easily. So, you know, always a good person to have in your pocket. Uh, but yeah, it's just worked out for me. Um, you know, I've, I've always pursued it, always been a business person and, uh, man, it's been good. There's a certain clarity that you get when you start to understand the numbers, right? And it's funny cause I'm literally, as I was on my run this morning, I'm listening to rich dad, poor dad. Just to just to kind of go back into it, right? I'm thinking about using it in my classroom this year, so I'm I'm trying to replay it. And when you're talking about the complexities that people have uh, and the fears that they have with the accounting process, and how simple Kisaki was able to kind of break down some of these concepts, uh, it, it makes it that much more digestible. When somebody can understand at least the basics and the fundamentals around something, the technicality starts to get a little bit easier. If you can if you can speak the same lexicon, the same dialect, the same language of of that finance world. So how do you approach that? How do you approach demystifying common finance terms, for example, to help entrepreneurs entrepreneurs gain a better understanding, but essentially to build their confidence, right? So that they can talk about these numbers and make decisions based on educated uh, information rather than just a hunch. Yeah, no, 100%. And so we go, we go real basic, right? So we know that everybody has a certain level of understanding. So we start in a very simple format and then we build out from there, right? So we do we do stoplight. So we look at the numbers, we break them down into three components. There's revenue, there's profit, there's cash flow. So we keep it real simple. These are the three areas we're going to look at. These are the three big indicators for your business. And then what we do is we take those numbers and we put a color to them. So green, hey man, you're good to go. Things are going well here. You're in line with where you need to be. Yellow, we need a little bit of work here, and let's get into why you need a little bit of work. Red, here's your glaring problem. Here's your here's your uh, big. I don't, can't remember if we can curse or not. So yeah, go for the asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> here's your big ass problem, right? And so you know, red red is the is the issue, and so then we look at it. Okay, why is this an issue? How do we need to you know what do we need to do to fix this? What do we need to do to make this better in the future? And then we start to build out from there. So most people, they can at least understand, hey, I know what revenue is. That's the dollars that are coming in, right? Hey, I know what profit is. That's the money that's left over after I pay all my bills. Cash flow, the lifeblood of your business, the oxygen for your business. Most people don't really understand that. You know, I, I hear all the time like, hey, man, I know what my cash flow is. You know, I just pull up my banking app and I know how much money I got. That's my cash flow. You know, like, no, nah. <laughs> that ain't yeah. it. You know? <laughs> comes in, where it goes out, what the timing of that is. And then when they get an understanding of that cash flow, then we start to move out to the other areas and how they affect the business, how everything affects the business. You know, and once once they can understand one key component, that starts to build and build and build. Like, you know, I know that you, that, you, know, you you're big into math as well uh, as, as I am. And with math, if you don't understand the most basic principle, like if you can't add, subtract, you're never going to get multiplication. You're never going to understand exponents. You're never going to get any of this stuff that's like higher, higher level, right? And so when we get break it down to the most basic, when we get a really good understanding of that, then we just start to build out, build out, and build out, right? So we're solving the small problems. Then we get to the little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And that allows them to have that financial clarity. And it's crazy to me. Some of the people that we talk to and they truly like they're they're that right. You know, what's your accounting system? Man, I check the bank. If I got money in, I pay bills. Right. 
And then they go from this to then they're just like, hey, man, I was looking at my cash flow forecast, you know, and and like I know that we could do this over here to tweak that, you know, and and like so I've got a really good ROI right here. But like my ROI on this other things are good. And I'm like, man, a couple of months ago, you and me were you talking were and you were talking that. about <laughs> like what I got in the bank account. So, you know, but it's it's good, man. I love it. You know, and and it's just it's like it's just like what you said. It's giving that that little bit of confidence. You know, and that little bit of confidence, man, that just starts to grow and grow and grow, right? Because once you understand one little concept, that confidence just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you start to really understand what goes into that. That that red light uh, process that you have in place, first of all, it's easy to identify. We all know red, green, and yellow, right? We all know the the, the significance of each of those of those colors. But the way you kind of break it down, it, it, it for me in the education space, it's always difficult to tell somebody you're wrong. Right. When you're wrong, you feel like oh, I made a mistake. Next time, I don't even want to raise my hand. I don't want to contribute. But the way you're kind of laying it out there, you're kind of saying, look, this is where we can work on. Let's focus on these things first. And you're kind of taking that education route without burning them to the ground and saying, yo, you're in some serious hot water here. You need to fix this right now. It's kind of a, a subtle approach to it. How do you feel your clients kind of uh, react when you when you sit down, you go over their numbers, and then you give them these uh, these color codes? Because I know there's some educators are like, don't use a red pen, you're going to scare them. But you're over here like saying, no, it's cool. Let's look at this stuff and kind of lay it out. Yeah, no, but they they do respond well because we're not saying, hey man, this is this is all jacked. Like you know, this is horrible. You made massive mistakes. Like you know, your business is going to crumble. We're not talking like that. We're just saying, hey, man, this is your big problem. Like, this is the big one we need to solve right now. This is the area that needs the most improvement. It's not you're wrong or you're doing it bad or you're not a good person, right? Like, we're not doing all that. We're just saying, hey, this is the area that we need to improve on. This is the area you're going to get the best results from. Like, if we can fix this, it's going to have the biggest impact on your business. And so when they know that, hey, this isn't like I got to I'm, I'm bad or like I'm wrong or whatever, this is just the area that I'm going to see the most improvement, the fastest, right? And so when you take that approach, they're like, okay, all right, all right, okay. So this is, I need to learn this one thing. Like this is the one thing I need to learn. I ain't got to fix everything, but I got to fix this one thing. I got to focus in this one area. And if I do that, that's going to have a big impact, right? And then when they see that impact, when they see that that works, they're more than happy to move to the next thing because they saw what happened when they focus in that one direction. So the, the, the big kind of thing you got to be careful about is a lot of clients will say, okay, well, we got to fix everything. Like, all right, what do we need to fix? How do we fix it all? Like, let's just, let's just get everything perfect. And you just can't do that. And so when we talk to them, we're like, Hey, look, let's fix one thing. Let's fix this one thing. Let's get this better so that we know what the results are. It's not necessarily that you can't fix multiple things at one time because entrepreneurs, you know it like as well as I do, we're multitaskers. We, you know, we're like, man, I can do 50 things at one time. Not really, but you know, we all think that. And so if we can fix that one thing and then we see the results of that one thing, then we go to the next, then we go to the next and we go to the next. Right. And so I love that. I love that because they can, they can find something to focus in. They got that one thing that they need to do. And then that's going to improve that business. And so it builds that confidence. It shows them the process, shows them what can be done. Uh, and they have a good understanding of it. They're not trying to understand all the concepts. They just got to understand one, one thing. That's it. Progress, not perfection. Progress is what's going to get you there. One problem at a time. Uh, let me ask you about the shift from, from like 
generating revenue to actually sustaining profits because that's really where the at the end of the game where things matter i hear i hear this all the time especially from marketing and sales people that when a business is in trouble the solution to that business's problem is a sale and from an accounting standpoint, and when I look at the numbers, that's not always the case because you might make more sales, but when you're looking at some of the other operations in your business, more sales might cause way more headaches. It's not always necessarily at that, that point of view, um, especially when you're looking at things like their P&Ls and stuff like that. So how do we make that focus shift from revenue to profit to have sustainable growth and not get bogged down and burnt out because oops, we were successful in making sales. Now where are we suffering the rest of our business? Yeah, no. And so I get a lot of slack. I've got this saying that I say all the time. Like, I don't give an F about your revenue. All I care about is profit, right? And so a lot of people are like, you know, well, well, I mean, you got to have revenue. Like you got to make money. You got to make sales. And that's true. You 100% do, right? I get that. But if you're at a point where like that's an issue, you have revenue already, right? Like we're not talking to people that that aren't making any sales, that don't have any revenue, you know, like that that's not that's not the people we're talking at when we when we say those things. We're talking to people that have figured out the sales piece, right? Like you said earlier, they're the technician. They know how to weld or they know how to flip books or they know how to flip cars. They know how to do whatever it is that they're able to do. They already know how to do that. They're getting sales. They've got revenue coming in. And then what happens is, is that that occurs. They're like, man, I don't have enough money left over at the end of the day. So I just need to get more sales. I got to get more revenue coming in. But like you just said a second ago, that just creates more problems. The problems that exist between you making sales and you not having enough profit at the end of the day, top of the line, bottom of the line, that's your problems, right? These are the expenses you got to get under control. And so when, when you increase sales, you're just going to increase those problems. You're going to increase those expenses. And a lot of times that profit can go down even when you increase sales because it becomes that much more complicated of a process. So when I say I don't give an F about your revenue, I only care about profit. I'm telling you, we got to streamline this thing. We got to get you to the highest level of profitability that we can get. We got to fix all the problems in the middle and get you to the highest level of profit left over for the sales that you have. Once we have got that tied in, once we are highly profitable, then man, let's pour on the gas, brother. Let's go. Like let's let's get those sales going. Let's get high level sales. Let's increase the revenue because we know for every dollar of revenue that we increase, we're maximizing the profit that comes from that dollar, right? That's that's what we really want. There's a there's a story and I don't want to go too crazy on this. There's a story of this guy we'd spoke with He'd just come from a big 10X conference. And he said, man, he said, all I need to do is I got to 10X my sales. Like I got to 10X this business and I'm going to crush it. And so we looked at his stuff and I'm like, all right, look, man, you're, you're, a, you're a hair under a million dollars, right? In revenue, but you're losing $50,000 a year. So right now you're losing 50K every year. And that's coming from your main job, the job that you want to leave. You're funding this business that is producing a million dollars a year. I mean, kudos for you. Big, big win. Million dollars. That's a big milestone in revenue. But you're losing 50K. So let's 10X this thing, right? So now you're going to go from a million in sales. You're going to go to 10 million in sales. Like, that's awesome, man. You can tell all your friends, like, that's a big brag point. Like, I'm a $10 million. I'm crushing it, blah, blah. Let's get on YouTube. Let's get on all the socials. Let's tell everybody. Here's the problem. Behind the scenes, that 50K that you're losing every year just became half a million dollars yeah. of loss. You know, like, so where does the half a million come from? 
so that you can tell all your friends and all the people on social that you're a $10 million business. Where are we going to get the $500,000? Where are you going to get that half million? He's like, well, well, I mean, if I 10X, that won't be the problem. Well, you've got to save. Like if you 10X revenue, you got 10X expenses. Not really. I mean, you're going to find some other you know things that work better. But like, let's say that you don't even do that. Let's just say that when you 10X that business, you find some improvements. And now all of a sudden, instead of losing 50K, you know, and go into 500K, let's say you're still losing 50K. You got 10 times the problems, 10 times the responsibility to still lose money. Like that doesn't sound fun to me. You know, like let's get you profitable and then let's 10X the revenue. You know, he, you know, and it was just, it was kind of one of those situations where I love the hype, man. I, you know, the, the people behind 10X movement, it's a great concept. You know, I'm not, I'm not bashing on the concept. The concept's good, great people, but like, if, if we don't have our profit in line, then 10Xing, increasing our revenue, all these other things that we can do, you know, they're not going to work, man. We've got to get our profit in line. We've got to get profitable. And then we can pour on the gas. That's just my opinion. Yes. No, I totally, I totally 100% agree. And that's the importance of, of understanding your, your numbers, right? This is where the big difference comes in. For some people in the retail space, you need to understand your cash flow more than anything else because you have seasonal things that happen, right? But for everybody else, that profit margin is all that matters, right? Profit isn't everything. It isn't one thing. It's everything. It's the only thing at the end of the day for your business. Uh, there was a saying I used to say a lot too. It was, uh, uh, you're in business to be of service to others. Your, your main purpose in business is to be of service to others, but your business's purpose is to make a profit. And that's at the bottom line. That's where it's all about. So one of the things that happens also as we start hitting some of those vanity metrics, right? We all love gross revenue, but nobody talks about profit. But once you start making some of these profits, you go in and fix some stuff, you start to notice that somebody else has their handout. Uncle Sam or the state of California, whatever state you're in, has their handout asking for their piece of the revenue. It's called taxes. And oftentimes with businesses, too often, especially, um, I mean, I've, I've had a small tax practice since about 2006. Everybody comes at you after December 31st. And they're trying to fix things in the tax year after the year closes. Uh, when they work with a team like you, you guys are proactively doing things, not reactively doing things. So, all right, we fixed the revenue problem. We fixed the profit problem. What happens with taxes? <laughs> How do you help them out in that area? Yeah, I mean, you you said it, right? You've got to get proactive. You can't do this after the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's trying to fix a relationship, you know, after your girlfriend or your boyfriend's already dumped you and moved on. You know what I'm saying? It don't work. Like, you got to put in the work while you're in it. And so when we're in the tax year, we're already working on strategy. We've met multiple times throughout the year. So when we do tax plans, we have four mandatory meetings that occur in the year we're tax planning for. And so most of our tax planning clients, we've already met twice. Some of those we've already we've got scheduled or we've already had their third because they have a pretty good structure already. And we're just tweaking the things that we need to. When we go into October, we're going to have that last meeting that's the, hey, this is the stuff. We know what the end of the year looks like. These are the last things we're going to do leading up to December 31st so that we're going to minimize that tax liability. We're not trying to like avoid taxes. That's not what this is, right? We're just trying to minimize those while showing the maximum profit because we know there's two sides of taxes. What, you, what you're going to claim that you made, that profit you made, that revenue you made, all that stuff, you need that for financing. You need that for the value of your company. You know, you may never want to sell that company, but if you can get maximum 
uh, return on that business and you can maximize your multiplier for, for that business later on, if you do need to sell it or when you pass it down or whatever, it's operating at peak efficiency. So we want to maximize what we're showing at the end of the year, but we need to minimize that tax liability. So we're using a multitude of tax strategies. There's no one tax strategy that works for everything, right? It's, you got to stack these things. Are you, you got to look at retirement, you know, you got to maximize that, right? You know, that's that can be pre and post tax dollars. So you got to look at where you're at for the year. All right. Do we want to do this pre tax? Do we want to do this post tax dollars? Do we need the deduction? We're looking at different strategies, the Augusta rule, things like that. Renting out your uh, renting out your residence to the business, get a little cash in that way. You know, you're employing your kids so that the kids can pay their own school stuff. And then you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to minimize the tax liability there. There's cost segregation. You bought a building. We can take that and we can create these massive depreciations that allow, these are not cash. This cash is not coming out of your business, but it allows you to reduce all that profitability to a number that minimizes your tax liability, allows you to take a big chunk of that depreciation we can do that. There's R&D tax credits. I mean, most people are very familiar with the ERC tax credit. Uh, you know, they saw the PPP money that came in. There's all these other programs that are out there. So just knowing what they are and knowing which ones apply to your business, you can show that high level of profitability that if you need to get financing, the bank loves to see, you can get that high level of profit. So when people are like, what's your business worth? You can, that's the real brag. Like, it's not how much revenue I'm making. It's, hey man, my business is worth this much money because it produces this much profitability. It's all of that, but minimizing the taxes you're going to have to pay to Uncle Sam. You're going to pay something to Uncle Sam. Like he's coming for something, right? So let's give him let's give him the smallest amount that we can and stay legal, but still show how great our business is, show how profitable our business is, is going. But that's that's yeah. the big thing. I love it. Yeah, you can't do that after the year. It just don't work. No, it's not. It's not. And you don't want to be an Al Capone, a Wesley Snipes, or a Shakira, right? We want to make sure we're on top of it on a regular basis so that we're not spending any jail time. This is this is legal ways of finding. It's playing by the rules, right? It's like anything else. You play Monopoly the first time, you suck at the game. Second time, you're good. And the only difference is you learn the rules to the game. Same thing with tax strategies. You're playing by the rules. You just got to talk to people who actually have read the rule book. We're over here playing by the rules the best you can. All right, let's go into a little bit of a different space. So uh, this is where I like talking to people who are like on top of their game because the world is changing. How we generate revenue is not just the dollar anymore. Now we're entering into the metaverse. We're going into cryptos and NFTs and all these buzzworthy topics that are out there, but they do have real world business effects. They were still going to have to record some of this stuff. There's still profitability. The IRS still cares whether you're making money off this, whether it's physical dollars or not. So what should companies be looking at, especially when they're talking about some of these spaces? Uh, and what, what questions should they be asking an accountant or people like you to help get them in the space where they're not making any mistakes or end up like a Wesley Snipes or an Al Capone? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to record it, right? You know, and so there's there's tons of apps that are out there that'll help you with this process. There's, you know, there's softwares that will uh, will assist you in, in giving those valuations. Uh, but if it's like anything else, if, if you are willing to accept a form of currency that other people are not willing to accept, you already become the choice for the customer, for the client, right? 
if, if they're looking for somebody that they can pay Bitcoin or ETH or, you know, whatever to, and your competitor doesn't, and you do, and that's a big thing for them, they're going to come to you, right? You know, it's, it, I, I hate having to talk on the phone for something silly. If I'm trying to book a service or something like that, I want to go online, I want to knock it out, send, good to go, right? Time's valuable. But if I got to pick up the phone and call you and have a 30-minute conversation, when your competitor allows me to book, book it on the website, I'm going to your competitor. You know, I mean, that's just the reality. Like, it has to be convenient. And so Bitcoin, all these cryptos, they're convenient, you know. And so it allows you to do something other people aren't doing. And that's going to broaden your customer base. That allows you more customers, which is huge. But it also creates small problems. Like you just said, you have to know how to account for that. You have to know how it comes in, how it goes out. And so a lot of people, they'll take it and they immediately monetize it. They, you know, they move it into... Uh, you know, hard currency. And that's fine because we know as soon as the money comes in, here's the value of it. We immediately convert that to fiat, you know, US dollar or euro, or whatever, you know, whatever currency you're comfortable in. We immediately you know, transfer it into that. That's simple. That's pretty easy. Some people will take it and they'll sit on it. You know, I've seen uh, companies, they don't take a ton of it, but they use it kind of as their reserve. So people pay in Bitcoin or ETH or, or whatever they're going to pay in Solano. Uh, so they pay it in and they just let it sit, right? They're like, hey, man, we're just going it, to, it's not such a big line item that we need to immediately convert it to cash, you know, for the business. So we're going to leave it as a little bit of a savings account. And so this money comes in, they feel confident that the price of these, you know, these cryptos are going to go up. Uh, and so they leave it alone. They don't need it immediately. So they're going to leave it alone. So we need to book it, you know, the price that we got it because it's the same as you using fiat to purchase you know, that crypto. So that's our basis, right? And then once we sell it, if we need to know, was it capital gains or not capital gains, right? Did we, was it short-term, long-term? So these things are going to matter. So if you're going to do a lot of it, structure matters. So if you're going to, if you're going to take a lot of this crypto and you're going to hold this crypto, but more than likely it's going to be short-term, then I would say you need a special financing arm uh, of the business that's essentially a trading LLC so that when you take in this crypto, we're treating it as a tradable asset. So as an individual, we're going to get taxed on that transaction every time, right? Higher level of taxes. But if we're trading that, if we're treating it in a trading account, all of a sudden those cryptos come in more like cost of goods sold. It becomes an asset, like an inventory item that we are holding for resale. So instead of getting taxed every single time, it simplifies the process that crypto comes in, it becomes a piece of inventory. When we sell that crypto, it goes out. Hopefully we made a profit on it, you know? So we're only paying on the profit. We're not paying the tax on it every single time we trade it. So it depends on your level of involvement in the crypto space. If you're doing a lot of it, highly suggest you get a trading LLC, treat it, you know, just like you would a business. If you're just doing a little bit of it, it may make more sense to go ahead and do the conversion at the exact same time. So we know exactly what our basis is. We know exactly what the, the sellout is. You know, we're we're not dealing with a lot of capital gains. I mean, if we do, it's, you know, we're talking pennies uh, on the time difference. Um, so that's what I would suggest there. But just having a good tracking system for that. Uh, and there's a ton of them out there, you know, that that will track this stuff for you. Uh, but set that wallet up, you know, do what you need to do to either protect it or to convert it immediately. And, uh, you know, and just be smart about it. I mean, it's just another level of business acumen that, that you're going to need. If you're not doing it now, you will be doing it in 10 years. I mean, it 
I, I feel very strong that we are headed in that direction. It will be the next common form of currency that people use for daily transactions. It's just, it's too simple, you know, and it makes too much sense. Like if you've ever had to wire money to somebody and wait the, the hours, sometimes days for them to get it, you know, I mean, it just makes sense to do crypto because it's like that. I mean, it is, it's like pieces of a second, you know, to our eyes, it's basically instantaneous. So why would you not want to do business that way? Totally is. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, once the SEC starts regulating and changing the way it is, whether it's a currency or or securities, and then we have to treat it differently if it's capital gains or I know, I know, I get it, ladies and gentlemen. If that's going over your head, there's so many words. You're like, what the heck? This is exactly why you want to work with a CFO who's knowledgeable in this space. If people go to your website, Byron, how do, if they want to get a hold of you, they're like, this guy knows what he's talking about. This is exactly what I want to work with. How can they do that? What, what are they going to find when they go to your website? Yeah, so we've got it broken down on the website. You know, we talk about uh, we talk about crypto and kind of the different investment pieces there. So you can you can find information there. You can find information about working with us uh, in that fractional CFO space. If you have a business that needs that high level involvement, but you're not quite ready to hire that full time. Uh, CFO that comes with a with a heavy heavy price tag. You know we have that. We have the tax planning services. So we'll get in. We'll help you to to minimize that tax liability. Structure your business the way that it needs to be structured, so you're maximizing that that profitability while minimizing your tax burden. So those are the areas that we function within. Uh, we're very very good at those. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people will ask us, like you know, well, are you an expert in my industry? You know, and no, I'm not. I'm an expert in my industry because you're the expert in your industry. And so just because I don't know your industry as well as you do, that's a good thing. I'm looking at things very different than the way you look at it. I'm looking at it from the finance and the accounting side, the high level financial advisement. I need you to be the technician in your business. You are the expert in your business. You don't need another expert that's arguing with you about how things need to be done operationally. You need that partner that shows you the things that need to be done in the finance, the accounting side, the stuff most people don't want to do. Like you said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, they're like, Hey man, this stuff's boring. I don't want to do it. Like I want it taken care of. That's where we come in. So yeah, hit us up on the website, hit us up on socials. Always happy to talk to anybody. Uh, we set multiple sessions aside every week, just for those free calls where I get on, we talk about your business. I throw a couple of suggestions out, uh, you know, always happy to help. We network like crazy. You know, we're always at events, talking at events, talking with people, trying to help out any way, every way we can. You know, I, I can't remember exactly who it was who said, but they, you know, they said, hey, if you want to be good in business, give until it hurts, you know, do everything you can for everybody whenever you can do it. And you'll eventually become the expert in the industry and, and people will want to pay you for what you do. And so I've adopted that. I give until it hurts. I'm always willing to help out as much as I possibly can, uh, because I know that that creates that that insight, that expert advice level that people really want to to be involved with. And they're more than happy to pay for. So, I, you know, hit us up wherever wherever it makes sense to you. You know, if you're a social person, hit us up on socials. If you're an email guy, email me. Uh, you know, if you just want to hit the website, get some information, just kind of lurk in the background and check us out. Hit us up on the website. Happy to happy to have you there.
Boom, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Look, you gotta know your numbers. At the end of the day, when people ask you, how's business going? You go, ah, business is good. Do you really know? You really know the answer to that question. And the numbers is what's gonna tell you that for sure, whether you're up, whether you're down, whether you, you're probably on the verge of getting that hockey stick on the way up. You just need to make a couple changes. And sometimes it takes those extra eyes to look at stuff. Byron's literally here telling you they're here to help you. Go with the free consultation. Go to his website. It's called the CFOAF.com. So the CFOAF.com. I'll let you guys kind of guess what that AF stands for. But that's the website. Go there. Figure out what you need help with. Start learning this language of accounting with the simple red, yellow, and green light process. Easy to do. You can find them on social, the underscore CFOAF, or you can shoot them an email, Byron, at at uh, cfoaf.com. Byron, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. I got one more question for you, kind of the selfish one. Uh, I told you at the beginning it was going to be 30 minutes of me asking you questions about you and your business so we can create short clips for social media. What was your experience like creating content with the business bros? Oh, dude, this was amazing. I had an absolute blast. The, uh, the, the conversation was so easy. Great questions, man. Like really you know, really didn't make me work that hard to like give good answers. And like, to me, like, I know that sounds simple, but that's everything. Like when we can have a nice, clean, concise conversation and like, and you're, you're throwing me some softballs, but you're throwing me those softballs that matter to people. I love that, man. You make it really easy to give insightful, good answers to the audience. And I feel like I, I made an impact uh, it, just in this 30 minutes, I feel like we've made an impact uh, out there in the world. And that means everything to me. It's all about the gems, baby. Tee up the softballs and you hit out some diamonds. So I love that. I love that. All right, Byron, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Check out your numbers one more time. The CFOAF.com. Make sure you guys check it out. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started.